Konnichiwa, Miyasan. I'm Great Oka, United Empire. Kyoa, Shiegata, Shikarega. Empire, always good. Broken table, Hokiato, Yoroshi. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Broken Tables podcast. This is episode number 38. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas. I am here with my co-host, Rome, and our special guest, Forrest. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Fighting some allergies, but other than that, doing great. Excellent. I'm tired as heck, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. All right, so tonight we are doing the uh, AEW Rampage, the live version uh rarely you know that they do before the pay-per-views i absolutely love the live rampages uh even though you can't really tell them apart honestly but love the live rampages um welcome to everybody watching on youtube thank you guys very much please hit that subscribe button if you have not already uh welcome to everybody else on spotify amazon music apple Podcasts, google podcasts and anchor as well thank you guys for listening um, so let's get right into this one, man. We started right off with an absolute banger of a match with uh, Brian Danielson versus Matt Seidel. Um, a lot of people sleep on Matt Seidel, man. I've been watching this guy for years, and I've just been waiting for him to get you know, popular, but he seems to get an injury here and there, and it kind of kills his run. But this dude's amazing. I mean, I, mean, I know all of Danielson's uh, matches are great, but th this guy put on a show with Danielson tonight. Yeah, these guys went out there. They put on a wrestling clinic. I loved this match. I had such a great time with it. It was just, it was absolutely excellent. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, at one point, uh, Excalibur was trying to uh, kind of pull something out of Regal there about Danielson's leg being injured. And uh, Regal was like, do you really think I'm going to say anything negative about the most perfect wrestler on the planet? And when he said that, man, I got the biggest smile on my face because I've always been saying that. I was like, Brian Danielson is the perfect wrestler. He's just, he's just perfect. <laughs> yeah, what a what a spot on uh, observation from his lordship. Just absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I like this gimmick. The, the that he is like, and it's like kind of subtle. Like he's not saying it. It's everyone around him keeps saying he's the perfect wrestler. Yep. I like it. It's like the new uh, greatest of all time stuff. Or yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, so uh, this match was freaking great, man. Um, uh, Danielson really beat the crap out of him towards the uh, end of this match, man. I felt, like, like I said, I always feel bad for Danielson's opponents because uh, it does not look fun to wrestle him most of the time. <laughs> yeah, his style is just brutal, man. Just, yeah, oh, it's so good. It looks so good. And, you know, he did sell that uh, that leg injury a few times, you know, here and there. There was a spot or two where kind of winced in pain, limped a little bit. Um, yep. You know, it's definitely something to keep in mind and keep an eye on as we go into Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Danielson finishes off the match with the, uh, the elbows that normally John Moxley does. Now I'm not sure were we supposed to, to see this and cause normally Danielson does the stomps. So I'm wondering, were we supposed to think that his leg is actually injured and he had to go with the elbows instead of the stomps? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, Danielson tries to have some variety in his match finishes. 
Um, so, sense. you know, there's a chance it could be the injury, but it also could just be him just wanting to do that finish. Well, yeah, and it, it's, hey, it, the more questions he raises, you know, the more interested yeah. you are, it's better TV, better yeah. better uh, drama for the match. Yep, the more he did his job, you know? I love it. Exactly. All right, so he finishes it off after those elbows to the face, puts him in the triangle choke, and uh, he was already out. The ref calls the match. Um, right after this, uh, I was very, very happy that the DraftKings and Excalibur threw out this awesome shout out to the podcast. Um, DraftKings on their website is going to be running kind of some betting stuff for double or nothing. And you can bet on how many tables will be broken during the double or nothing. So that's actually awesome. We will be making our prediction on that, uh, during the prediction show, uh, right after this show tonight. But again, thank you for the shout out, DraftKings and Excalibur. <laughs> no, definitely. All right. So next up, we got the Young Bucks match. Um, and the Hardy's music starts playing and the crowd goes nuts. And we see Jeff Hardy come out or what we thought was Jeff Hardy come out. And it turns out that the Bucks were in full cosplay for the uh, for the Hardys. I was laughing so hard because he got me the face paint on Nick really got me i thought it was them yeah this was such an awesome idea and they really went for it down to like everything they had gangrel there brandon cutler came out dressed as lita with a with a thong sticking out <laughs> i like i lost it when i saw cutler um they did the matter of facts which were also hilarious i i actually paused it to to read it because <laughs> i wanted to make sure i got them all they were really good um yeah, and this was really cool, and they had a really fun match where they were kind of just doing the Hardys' moves. Uh, the crowd got involved. It was chanting, uh, "You still got it" to the oh. to the Young Bucks. It was great. <laughs> so I was so appreciative of this crowd tonight for a few reasons we'll talk about later too. Yeah, but yeah, this was this was just awesome. I loved this so much. No, uh, that look, I saw. I was able to actually catch a glimpse of it. They they did really good. That was that was hilarious. It's that's so good. That's such a good idea, as you were saying. That, yeah. That's that's like such simple, easy, good heat. You know. Yeah. And and, ever yeah. Does it. If you watch BTE, you know the Hardys were calling them Hardy cosplayers. So it just you know it, it rewards the fans who watch everything too. It was great. All right, so um, like you guys were saying, this was fantastic. Um, they were using the Hardys' moves. Like, it actually looked like a Hardys' match. And at one point, Matt went up for the Swanton, but he kind of pretended like he was scared or his back was hurt. It kind of, it was kind of funny. Um, it, it, this was great. You know, were you guys, were either of you fans of Gangrel growing up? I mean, I watched. You know, I watched the the fed back in the day so i mean yeah i saw the brood and whatnot not not really like i i knew he was i i know of him but i've never seen him wrestle i've never seen anything i just know who he is that's about it okay now i was a huge fan of the brood when i was a kid um edge christian and gangrel were like my favorite thing on the show every night when it came on um, i dressed up as a vampire for halloween like 10 years straight as a kid I even went as far as I used to write scripts for like movies and comic books and stuff in school. I created an entire comic book character named Gangrel and kind of based on him. Like 
it, it, it's pretty crazy to, to see him tonight. I thought it was absolutely awesome. I almost lost my shit. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's uh, Gangrel's got to be making some good booking money these days. I mean, usually, because he's been in, he's been on the on the, uh, on the Fed for Edge. He's been here for for the Hardys. Like he's uh, he's making some good booking money right now. Yeah, you know, back when uh, the Edge thing happened, when he had his brood entrance, um, they kind of canceled Gangrel in AEW because he was scheduled to be on that week's dynamite. Um, yep. but Tony Khan being the freaking awesome guy, he is again, not a single thing about this guy that I don't like. He actually paid Gangrel for the appearance, even though he didn't show up. So that was really cool. Yep. Um, so yeah, Gangrel's here. Uh, you know, of course the bucks get the win. I almost wanted to say the Hardys get the win. Like it was so convincing, man. <laughs> The Bucks get the win here. Uh, they use the Swanton Bomb, get up, get the win, one, two, three. Um, they start beating down on Gangrel, which all of a sudden was pretty obvious. I didn't see it coming until right as it was about to happen. Um, they start to beat him down, and then the Hardys show up. We get a face-to-face in the ring. And, of course, they leave Cutler in there by himself to get destroyed. Um, yeah, I thought it was Lita for a second there. I was like, wait, Lita's here? <laughs> I I gotta I gotta say I didn't notice the thong, so I'm gonna have to go back and see that again. I love Cutler. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta go back and watch it. Cutler comes out and he has the thong riding very high, the way Lita used to, (laughs) like extremely high up. Like he could not have been comfortable. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up was a uh, quick promo from Darby Allen. Um, very serious, no sting. And he ch- uh, challenges Kyle O'Reilly at double or nothing to get some revenge for sting. Um, mm. I thought this was an excellent promo by Darby. His face paint looked incredible. Um, it's good to see him without sting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this match was kind of added on due to Tony Khan. This is his contingency plan for uh, the NBA game. Possibly uh, for those that weren't aware, Tony Khan said that, Double or nothing, you know, there's a chance, depending on how the basketball game that's going on right now ends, the um, there could be an NBA playoff game on Sunday. Uh, he said that the main event of Double or Nothing, which is Punk versus Page, uh, will not go on until the game's over. Uh, they have the clearance to run as late as they need to run. Uh, so I anticipate this match to go on before the main event. Probably it'll go as long as they need it to go. Um, that's what I expect from it. But I mean, regardless, I mean, it's a great booking decision, you know, because they have the whole storyline going. So the fact that their contingency plan makes like a shit ton of sense storyline wise is right. (laughs) Imagine they have to wrestle each other for a solid hour. (laughs) I think they do that. Well, that's the thing. I think that's why they have the guys that they have in this match because you have Darby who will kill himself, and then you have Kyle O'Reilly who could just like put them in submission holds as long as they need to. So they're like, Hey, we need you guys to go out there and give us 30 minutes. I think that these guys could do it, you know, on the fly. It's going to be a really good match regardless. Yep. hundred percent. That's one of those dream matches you didn't think you wanted. And then you get it and you're like, Oh dang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's a great match. I didn't see it coming either. Even after Kyle O'Reilly busted stings leg, I just, for some reason, it just didn't occur to me that Darby was going to want to face uh, Kyle, so that's going to be great. I really appreciate them also really selling this thing injury because they actually pulled him from FanFest tomorrow. Uh, they said he couldn't travel due to the injury. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, So and they actually they refunded 
FanFest tickets if you paid to see Sting. They refunded you, and then they also, I think they set up another fan, like, another uh, meet and greet or whatever. That's um, interesting. But yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're going, uh, they're, listen, man, it's kayfabe, man. Kayfabe is yeah. not dead, you know? <laughs> All right, so next up, we had Dante Martin versus Max Caster. Um, dude, I love every minute of Max Caster and the Acclaimed on my screen. Every man, single minute everyone, of Everyone, <laughs> everyone loves the Acclaimed. <laughs> Oh man, when he was doing his rap on Dante. Now, you know, you know, I'm Jeffrey Vegas. I'm from Vegas. The Bunny Ranch, if you don't know what that is, right outside of Las Vegas, it's about an hour drive, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. It's a legal prostitution type thing. And they call it the oh, Bunny wow. Ranch. And when he said you couldn't get laid even at the Bunny Ranch, I was fucking dying cuz that's the same insult that we used to use on each other as kids in high school. It was so good. <laughs> well, I appreciate the clarification on that because I was, uh, I, admittedly, I was like, is he referring to the Playboy Mansion? Because the Playboy yeah. Mansion's in LA, not in <laughs> Vegas, though. But oh, yeah, that was, that's funny. It's really funny. It was a really good rap. Really, yeah, it was, was great. Really enjoyed it. And Bowen's being in the wheelchair was excellent. Like like you were saying a minute ago, kayfabe, man, he just got the surgery on his knee. Um, The brawl before the match, I actually. I know people are saying that this was a mess up on the camera that we didn't get to see Dante's dive, but I actually preferred seeing Bowens in the wheelchair yelling, no, 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 instead of seeing the dive. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we saw it on the replay, but I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was perfect. And I also loved Bowens, Billy Gunn's pushing his wheelchair and he's like, scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. Oh, I love it. I fucking uh, love these guys. I love the acclaimed. I can't wait for Bones to get back to full health because yeah. these guys are going to be the tag team champions someday. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so Aubrey ejects everybody at ringside so we can get a fair match. I like that, you know, once they did that, I was like, oh, good. We're going to get an actual fair match. It'll be a decent match. And, you know, they put on a show, man. Um, Dante was just as good as always. And, uh, so was Max Caster. Um, I did have one small thing to say um, about Dante himself is it looks like he's getting smaller instead of bigger. Is anyone else seeing that? For Dante? Yeah, Dante Martin looks as if he has lost weight rather than gained muscle. Like, I don't know if it's just me or the cameras tonight, but his arms looked small and like he looked super skinny. Uh, I didn't notice anything specifically, but I mean... Maybe he's just trying to be lighter so he can do more crazy things. That could be it. That's true. That's true. I mean, his I wrestling say... style doesn't really require him to be jacked more so. I mean, obviously, there is lifting in wrestling, but, I mean, as long as he can fly through the air and be as aerodynamic as possible, I think that's what his concern would probably be. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so, uh, yeah, um... Dante gets the win here. I actually didn't expect that. Um, just hits his normal finisher, the backflip off the top rope, and uh, he rolls him up and gets the win. Um, I didn't see that coming. I could have swore Bowens was going to, or I'm sorry, that uh, Caster was going to win this one. You know, it's funny because when they when they announced the match uh, during the last match, I was like, they're probably going to give it to Dante, and I, that really sucks because I feel like Max doesn't have like a win over him. 
And it was funny because right before the match, they showed the last time they faced one-on-one, which was on Elevation last year, and Caster won. So I was like, oh, I guess I didn't, you know, I didn't recall that correctly. So I was okay with Dante winning, especially mm-hmm. because Caster beat him last time. So they're just kind of e-doing the job for each other. So it's good. Yeah, I was cool with it. Okay. Yeah, that that keeps them even, makes it because now it's like, oh well, you know, now they let that leave that throw that plate in the in the china cabinet, leave it there, forget about it, come back, and you're like, actually, they're tied for victories over each other. Yeah. Like five years yeah. later when they're mega stars, you know. <laughs> Instead of doing exactly. the fifty fifty booking like back to back, we did it like a year apart. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. That's exactly different yeah. than week week to week booking. Of course. All right, so next up, we had some quick hype videos for the Owen Hart Tournament Finals here. Um, these were decent. I'm not sure if they were the same ones we saw on uh, Wednesday night, but they were decent. They did their job. Um, yeah, just, you know, just normal vignettes. Yeah. yeah, they were good. You know, speaking of, um, I just wanted to add this little fun fact in that I saw on uh, on Reddit the other day. You know, we were talking about uh, match finishes and 50-50 booking, so... In the year 2022, this year, on a, all AEW programming, so we're talking Dark, Elevation, Dynamite, and Rampage, <laughs> there have been two, I feel like you know where I'm going with this, oh, yeah. there have been two DQ finishes on all of AEW programming this year. On the Fed, if we're talking about Cody Rhodes, in his matches, he has two DQ finishes. Just something to think about. One guy, two DQ finishes. But I thought that was a very interesting booking. I wish I could see the look on Cody's face when he realized that. Because I know he's seen it. It's all over Twitter. The entire company has two disqualifications in AEW. And Cody himself already has two. And he hasn't even been there for three months. And let, don't even get me started. You know, if, if we're gonna open up, open it up, which I know I was the one that did it. But like, man, what a shit show between him and Miz. <laughs> I was on Reddit, and I was like watching this, and I was like, the quote went through my mind. I think I even sent it to Forrest. Like it was the quote that Cody said when he joined the Fed. He's like, "I'm the best wrestler in the world, and there's not a close second. And then I watched that, and I'm like, "Mmm, you well, know, bro, you're not even the best in your family right now." Yeah, dude, seriously, like, you're not even the best roads in wrestling. <laughs> Currently. Like, yeah. come on, man. That's what oh, I mean. Yeah, uh, like, I've never, not not to pile on, but I've also never oh, like, seen somebody, <laughs> uh, I've never seen somebody fall out of a, what is that, a surfboard stretch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so lame. It was and such then a Miz, bad match. Miz tried to cover it by pinning him quickly. Yeah, I don't even know what uh, that was, dude. Yeah, that I like, saw the clip. I saw the clip, and I was like, "Oh, like how? How were I? I was, I was trying to figure out the physics on it, and I was just like, how did that even happen? Like who? Because I think like both of them were slightly off, and that's what caused it. Is because it was t- two wrongs not making a right. You know? Yeah, it, it looked Honestly, like Miz had like... no clue what was happening. It looked like Cody just wasn't strong enough to lift the Miz up with his legs. And I yeah. was like, mm, okay. You know, again, th- this podcast will absolutely always take the opportunity to point out Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was awful. Yep. Anyways. All right. 
let's get back on track here. So next up, we got the men of the year, or if you want to call them American top team right now, that's fine. We got Dan Lambert in the ring with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Now, they were giving us our new TNT title belt. Now, I almost thought we were going to get swerved here. Um, Ethan Page, somehow the, the belt that he was holding, it didn't look very large. I thought it was going to be some sort of a gag and we were going to get some sort of fight going on. But no, um, we got an absolutely gorgeous gold and purple TNT title belt. And it, it's actually the one that somebody had mocked up on Twitter back when he first won the TNT title a few uh, months ago. Um, and it's Lakers colors, essentially, because Scorpio Sky is from Los Angeles. And it looks mm. really, really good. And as much as I hate the Lakers, it, it does look really good. Yeah, it was a cool belt. I mean, not my favorite color scheme, but I mean, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. Gold and purple go really well together. Yep, they are they are opposite each other on the color wheel, I believe, so it makes them very pleasing to the eye. <laughs> yeah, I saw the I saw the purple stripe. I was like, hmm. But because like, you know, purple's so associated with Dark Order that I was just like, hmm. Yeah. But now that you say it's for the Lakers, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's for LA. Um we get a quick interrupt here with Sammy Guevara and uh Ty Conti and um I am drawing a blank right here on a uh, Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, Frankie Kazarian, and they are at American Top Team's headquarters where Dan Lambert's um, trophy cases are. I didn't know that place was as big as it is, and I've seen television shows with it multiple times. That was the first time they've used the camera to show the whole place. Damn, that place is huge. Um, and I did not expect them to destroy his uh, trophy case and take those belts out of there, man. That that BMF belt, that's the bad motherfucker belt that was given to, uh, I believe it was Jorge after he fought um, one of the Diaz brothers. I believe it was Nate Diaz. So that's all, that, that this literally a one of one, like they said. It's the only belt that exists of that one. So that was wild that they let them smash the case and possibly scratch that thing up. Mm. Yeah, you know... <sighs> So, like, I, I've been very vocal about how much I've hated this feud and hated everything about it. But, like, I really, really liked this segment. I was a huge – I loved yep. this segment. This was great. I thought that this definitely redeemed a lot of what we've seen. Um, and I also really love Kazarian because, like, finally they're really kind of letting Kazarian mention it. He, like, Kazarian's like, I've been hanging out with you guys for one day, and I'm already breaking and entering into a place. <laughs> And like, it's just funny. It, it it was really well done. Yeah. So my, my hat's off to them. I don't know whose idea it was or if it was Tony Khan or whoever's idea it was. This was a phenomenal segment that like has really salvaged the pay-per-view match for me. Like it was really good. 100% agree. Now, yeah. I did not expect them to make it a trios intergender match. That blew me away when he said, you want this trios? And I was like, what? Um, I was absolutely shocked. So it gives Frankie Kazarian a way into the match. And then we were wondering if it was going to be Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky. So we're going to get them both. I, I actually like it. Yeah, I think this really helps the dynamic because that way you have someone to cheer for. Because even though I really like this segment, Sammy and Ty are definitely not baby faces. No. Yeah, um, the only baby face is Kazarian. 
Yeah. Right. So you have someone to cheer for here, and I think that that's really important to have. That's also a really unique dynamic. Two. So it's a it's a heel v versus heel feud, and there's just one babyface just kind of there. It's that's really cool on paper when you think about it. Yeah, it's one of those things of like, uh, you know, my enemy, my enemy's enemy is my friend type of exactly. thing. So. Yeah, putting Kazarian into this match, into this feud, really changes the dynamic and really saves it. Um, Jeff and I were kind of tearing this feud a, a new asshole last week on the pod because it's just it wasn't it hasn't been very good. Um, but like, yeah, putting Kazarian in here into this match, making it a trios match, and also again this segment was just really on fire, really killed it. Um, it's really kind of put this back on the rails and thank God for that, because this being Paige Van Zandt's debut match, you, you don't want a, a stinker to kind of go in here. So uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a lot of talented, good hands in there. So she's yeah. sir, and Ethan Scorpio Kazarian. They'll all take care of her, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I'm really that's glad like her, you... she's like pretty good at it. She's like she's taken to it really quickly. Oh yeah. I've yeah. seen her training. She looks really good. Um, and I'm glad you said it. This really put this back on the rails for me. Um, like this segment, I feel like it, it basically fixed a few of the problems that I had. And I, I, I'm actually into the match now. I, I'm digging the trios part of it. So good, good job on the course correction. You know, they've shown they can do it. So they do, yeah, they do that very well. Yep. All right, so next up, it was time for the main event with Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. And finally, we get some passion from Statlander in her promo, and it was fire. I loved it. Um, I want I want female promos to be like Ethan Page promos every time, like the way that he just yells at the camera and gets all hype. We need that from some of these ladies to, you know, for these matches to get that that hype that they need. And I think Statlander nailed it here. I I loved her her opening interview with uh with Mark uh, Mark there. Yeah, I loved this promo so much. I wrote that down too. Just I uh, I'm a big Chris Statlander fan. I mean, she like for me, it's like Sheeta Statlander. Like those are my two my two favorites really. And there's a lot like again like. I think pro wrestling's at its best when there's some reality put into it, where there's definitely some true feelings put into it. And you, you got to feel like Statlander kind of feels this way. I mean, she's out, out of all the, the OG AEW women, she's not like an OG. She's like a, she's a year one, but she wasn't like a day one. Like, but if you look at all the day one AEW, you know, competitors, like at some point or another, you know, most of these women have had their chance to shine somewhere. And, Statlander kind of hasn't been given that, um, which yes, yeah, she was hurt, but I don't know. So like, I really vibed with this promo, and I really, I really felt for it. You know, I felt it, um, yeah. which makes this match all the more disappointing. <laughs> it's just, but love the promo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I absolutely love Statlander's new entrance music and her gear. This black gear and the new entrance music is freaking awesome what do you guys think yeah it's a great look i mean again like i'm i'm just a big fan of hers and even changing gimmick like i'm still just i'm down for it it's it's great yeah she's just she got more serious and that's what it you know like the the alien and the booping was funny and great and worked well with uh, cassidy but now it's like serious yeah 
I do still think she could bring the boop thing back, though. Like, once she kind of settles into this character and, like, maybe if she gets that T or the TBS belt, you know, as she settles in, it becomes kind of like a cocky champion. She could probably go back to doing the boop again. I don't mind it at all. It's a, it's a fun taunt. Yeah. But uh, first thing I wrote down here is what a match, man. This might have been the best Ruby Soho match I've ever seen. Um, Ruby looked absolutely fantastic here. Um, she knew she had to. She had a live main event of Rampage before a pay-per-view. So congrats to both these girls. This match was absolutely fantastic to me. I mean, yeah, the match itself was really good. Definitely. Um, <laughs> look, all right. Again, I understand I'm a big Chris Atlander fan. And you know what? I understand also that I really do think that they have something for Statlander coming up. Um, I think she's going to be the one to beat Jade. Yes. But that's but at, in this moment, again, like analyzing it now, like, man, a roll up over Statlander after a promo like that. It felt so tone deaf. And I was really happy that the Las Vegas crowd completely validated how I felt. Cause like I'm watching this match and I'm like, Oh, okay. They're going to do Chris versus Brit, the pay-per-view and Statlander will finally get that big singles win over Brit. That's what I'm thinking. Right. And she, she does the crucifix pin and gets the win. And I'm like, Oh no. Ugh. Like I like, I like Ruby Soho, but like, Ruby's been kind of given a bunch of these big high marquee matches, including against Britt. So, like, I don't know if I want to see another pay-per-view Britt Baker-Ruby Soho match when you have this fresh singles match with Chris and and uh, and Britt. Yeah. And right after the match, the crowd just booed Ruby Soho so hard Oof. to the fact to the point where Ruby had to stop her promo and be like, I get it but I got to do my promo. But then like, even then the Ruby pro promo promo Ruby Soho promo was so also <laughs> felt so tone deaf. Cause she's like trying to tell Brit that nobody wants to hear Brit, but the crowd's booing her Ruby saying, no one wants to hear you right now. Yep. And then Ruby's like, did you see what I did to, to Statlander? What do you think I'm going to do to you? I like her. And I'm like, I mean, to be fair, you, you, you did a, you did a crucifix pin. Yeah. You didn't, he didn't like knock her out. I don't yeah. know. But so again, I think this was a slight misstep and I think there's a plan moving forward. So it's fine. But, oh man, I did not, the show did not close with me smiling. That's for sure. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, that's fine, I guess. So for me on this one, I actually enjoyed the ending here, but I'm with you how the, the, Promo felt a little tone deaf, but it was simply because she didn't take the hint of, guess what? You're a heel now. Like, whether whether Tony wants it, whether Ruby wants it, or even whether Britt wants it, Ruby Soho is now a heel. She just got booed harder than I have heard anybody other than MJF be booed in months. And, and she, as far as I'm concerned, the crowd is now going to boo her from here on out. <laughs> and yeah i think she should have noticed that and she should have put that into her promo and it would have made it make a little bit more of an impact there <clears throat> well excuse me um <laughs> i think i think that there's also i don't think tk planned on the crowd being so unhappy about ruby soho loot winning nope. yeah, because neither. 
because Ruby is a fan favorite, and I like Ruby Soho. This is not me hating Ruby Soho now, but I don't know. I just feel like you give you let Chris Statlander deliver that promo, and like num- like she's been over anyway. She's talking about how all of her friends turn their back on her, and like everything just keeps going wrong for her, and it's just like she's so likable. You know yep. what I mean? Like you just want her to to do well, and you want her to succeed. And again, I'm a big Chris Statlander fan, so maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not reading the entire fandom correctly, but that's how I feel. I'm like listening to this promo. I'm like, damn, Chris Statlander, I want you to win this match. I want you to win the Owen, and I want to keep that going to something else. And we're not getting that. And that's it is what it is. Um, yeah. I don't think it was necessarily that Ruby needed to turn heel there. I mean, if the if the reaction continues, like if she goes out there on Sunday and gets booed, then yeah, you're gonna have to turn Ruby heel. Uh, due to the reaction, but I, I don't know if this is just uh, people are more upset about Chris losing than than Ruby winning. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, yeah. No, there's that... a little uh, little bit of breaking news slash spoiler. Uh, Johnny Elite is on AEW Dark that is filming right now. Oh, sweet! Ooh. So we will get some Johnny Elite probably tomorrow. They usually film these darks for Saturday. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Sorry, carry on. Oh, no worries. So, uh, yeah, essentially, um, Ruby picks up the win with the uh, crucifix roll-up. Um, she tries to cut a promo while getting booed out the building. And like like I said, I think this was the hardest I've heard anybody be booed in months uh, besides MJF. So, <clears throat> and, you know, I think this is the same crowd that we're going to have at Double or Nothing, possibly. So I do think she's going to get booed when she comes out. And I think Britt's going to get cheered. Um, I think they could play off of this. They can continue that. That's, you know, I mean, Ruby has the look of a heel, so it would just make sense for that to keep going. Um, and I really think Statlander is next in line for that TNT title. Um, it seems a little odd that they just kind of threw Jade and, uh, Ana Jay into that match. They did explain it a little bit. We did get some story of why it's there, but I feel like there's something else behind it. So I think we might get some sort of an angle here where Statlander comes out for a save, you know, because I believe Ana Jay did the same for her a few weeks ago. So I think we may get that, and that may set us up for, I hope we get a decently long program between Jade and uh, Statlander. Yeah, no, it makes sense, because also because of the uh, they're bringing up the friendship between uh, uh, Velvet and Statlander. So. Yeah. It makes sense for that to be the through line that then spins off into dealing with, like, she basically has to deal with the baddies until the next pay-per-view, and then she can probably be the person to defeat Jade. Yeah. Yeah, if they're going to give it to her, that's a pretty big, that, that'll do it, because it, you're basically beating Goldberg, you know yeah just yeah <laughs> so it's it's like undefeated streak you think oscar or goldberg you know so yep. so it's 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 gonna be interesting whoever i just hope whoever beats jade it's like when jade is at the height of her healdom she's just full heel super heat and then that baby face chase is just there but yeah I think Jade's kind of getting to that point, to be honest. Yeah. Jade is Jade is great. She is. I love the Every whole Every time I hear the 
cut the shit, Tony, I I die. Oh I yeah, can't. that's great. I think it's the best. I think it's one of the best things. He's doing nothing. It's so funny. He's just there, and she's like, "Tony, cut the shit." And, I'm like, every time it gets me. And the best part is when she does it. I'm like, how did I not see that coming? Like every time Tony's on the screen with Jade, she's gonna say it, and I I miss it every time. It gets me every time. Because <laughs> she puts it in different spots. Yeah. It's, it's so it's she's so smart with it. It's so yep. good. Yeah, it was really funny the last time she did it where, like, they went through the whole entire promo and she's walking away and she's like, oh, yeah, and Tony? And he's like, what? Cut the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Like, right it's like turning end. into the new uh, got him. Like, ha, got him. Like, for Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that does it for uh, the Rampage review here. Um, I don't think we got very much news going on. You know, we got double oh. or nothing week. So, um Let's go ahead and uh, we'll end this one here, and then we will be right back after this with our uh, double or nothing re or prediction show. Well, so, so hold on, I do oh. have I have one little thing that we should touch on because the next episode is going to be just the pay per view prediction. We're going to focus on that. Okay. I would like to do a Fed blunder of the week if I can. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um. So I don't know if you guys heard, but the Fed was trying to do a stadium show in las vegas an allegiant stadium for money in the bank um now allegiant stadium i believe seats sixty thousand. don't quote me on that i think it's like it's about that much um and they announced i believe it was today was it, hold on, it was early this morning yeah yeah they announced yesterday that they were changing venues to the mgm grand garden arena um, the reason being, even though a reason wasn't given, uh, it's been reported that they only sold about 15,000 tickets to a 60,000 ticket venue yeah. and just they couldn't get enough ticket sales. So they had to move to a venue that fits more so what they have sold, um, which is about I think the MGM, MGM Grand can hold about 17,000. So I just thought that this was incredible. Uh, I thought that this was like sucks to be them, you know, not people aren't just going to fill these arenas for a bad product, especially when it's not one of your three big shows. No. And it's fight week for the UFC. Uh, Tony Khan yeah. put out a tweet saying, yo, that was genius trying to go up against Dana White during fight week. Good job. See you on Friday. Did you see the, <laughs> did you see the tweet that was before that one? Because it was a tweet that precedes that one. Yes. Where he said um, yesterday, like, had such an awesome day yesterday. Got to have lunch with my dad and Dana White, and I had to break the news to Dana White that WWE is running Money in the Bank in Vegas for all during uh, a UFC show. And, like, what a dumb idea. Why no, so he broke the again? news to Dana that they had to switch venues. Dana knew they were there, but he didn't know they switched oh, venues right, yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, still, like, it, it's such a dumb thing. Like, why would you run against the UFC in the same town on the same night? Like, ugh. and it's it's basically their WrestleMania weekend. Like, it's fight week. That, that That's their big, t like, once a year they do this big fight thing and there's a giant convention and everything. It's I don't know why they did that. Well, I know why they did it, but <clears throat> well, we don't have that much time. Yeah. All right, so uh, close this out real quick, but everybody know we are going to be restarting the live stream back up here in about three minutes with our Broken Predictions uh, show. We'll be doing our predictions for the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, so stick around and we will be right back.
Yep. But in the meantime, this has been episode 38 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and subscribe or follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you for listening to us on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Table Show or on Facebook and Instagram at The Broken Tables Podcast. We go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. If you're watching this or listening to this right now, we have our AEW prediction show either going live or it's already out for Double or Nothing Predictions, where I will be putting my Broken Predictions Championship on the line against Young Jeffrey and the only good thing about New Jersey forest, um, you know, <laughs> we hope to see you guys there, but until then, see you later. Right on top guys out. <laughs>